Welcome to Punches and Punchlines, where we break down the best in boxing with a sense of humor. And now, your hosts, Fritz and Franco. Welcome back, everyone, to this week's edition of Punches and Punchlines. We do appreciate you coming back. We had some fun this weekend. Uh, had a good boxing card on. We made a part of a fishing trip. Punch of Maniacs. We had yeah. a great time. Franco is a saint. Here's here's how it all went down. We we drank like assholes on Friday night while or Saturday night while we were watching this card from San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Okay, turned out to be just a wonderful card. You know how. You set the expectations for like a giant vacation, like oh, I'm taking the family to Hawaii or I'm taking the family to Disney, and you get the the expectations up for that. Yeah, yeah. All right, this one I didn't have the expectations up that high, but this turned out to be, you know, they say it's the little things in life that are wonderful. Like this was one of those little things. This card was such a joy. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was a weekend away with the family that turned out to be just as much laughs and just as much fun as the. The giant trip that you planned for a year and a half. So that's what I thought of this fight. I'll explain the patience of a saint when we get to playing boxing. <laughs> okay, sounds good. And I was going to say, yeah, it, it was a great card, but you know what? It's because there was a lot of belts involved. Like there was four different fights with belts on the line. Of course, it's, you know, like it should be good, but they were also, they were good matchups. Like these were fun fights, but yeah, let's go on ahead and uh, get into it. Yeah, this had more belts than when I look under the hood of my Oldsmobile. You know what I mean? Like the old school <laughs> 70 uh, Oldsmobile that has one belt for every every different option. They, before they had the giant serpentine belt, this is this was the Oldsmobile of uh, fight nights. Majadon Akhmedalia, 27 years old, coming in at 10 and 0 versus Ronnie Rios, 32 years old, coming in at 33 and 3. <laughs> Now, I know that I've seen both of these guys fight before, and what I think I learned even more, it proved to me that a lot of the talk of Majidan being a badass is not not bullshit. But at some point, he hurt his hand and was yeah. just throwing rights and was still, you know, dominating uh, Ronnie Rios. One-handed, he was dominating him. And to Rios's credit, you know, it might sound like he just lost to a guy who was one-handed. He had heart. There was no quit in Ronnie Rios. Yeah. It's just almost just too slow. You know, if he was going up against another opponent, maybe he would have looked a little better. But against the best, he was not not looking his best. But it, the, the heart was always there throughout this fight. Yeah, he was in it. He just wasn't in it to win it. He was hanging, but it wasn't anything where you thought it was going to get turned around. And I actually, I don't know why, but I wrote it down as Roddy Rios at first and then was so disappointed to find out it was just Ronnie. Like, that's not as much fun as Roddy. Like, Roddy, Roddy Piper. I was so excited. Right. And then it was not. I'm like, ah, oh. but he was he was super bouncy at the beginning. Rios was and almost to the point where you're like, this is going to burn you out. Like there was no way that he could possibly keep it up. And then it turned out the bouncing didn't even factor in. Like it wasn't that he got tired. It's that he got his ass beat by uh, Akhmedaliev and Akhmedaliev looked really good. He, he was solid. When he finally finished it off, he went complete beast mode. Like you could see a lot of times with boxers, you see when they smell the blood in the water and they go for it. And this is one of those endings where he just went in and completely wrecked Rios. It was a, it was a good stoppage. I thought by the referee, when he finally did step in, I thought that it was, it was good timing, especially based off of the previous two rounds. Like Rios was getting his dick kicked in. So then when it did get stopped, it made sense. 
because of what was happening leading up to it. Yeah. If I'm the ref in that one, I feel zero guilt about stopping that one. Cause like you were saying, the rounds previous to the 12th, when the, when the stoppage came in, Akhmedaliev was only really using the, uh, the right hand and he's, it's a left-handed fighter. Even when he was fighting with one hand, Rios just wasn't up to the, to the task. And then, like you said, once, uh, Akhmedaliev thought that he had him hurt, even with a hurt hand, he just started throwing it. He's like, you know what? I'm going to get him out of here and then I'll I'll get a, I'll get my hand wrapped and on ice even quicker if I just finish this now. Yeah, and it was crazy because it was in the 12th. Like to risk it all, you know you pretty much dominate on the cards. Maybe Rios took a round maybe like just cuz like he's related to one of the judges or something, but that would be the only way. And then for Akhmedaliev to kind of risk it all cuz that's when a lot of times guys will get caught off guard and they end up eating a punch and going down. Didn't happen though. He ended up going for it and he got he got the KO added to well the TKO. So good for him. I thought it was I thought it was a good fight. I thought it was fun. Jessica McCaskill, 37 years old, coming in at 11 and 2 versus Alma Ibera, 34 years old, coming in at 10 and 1. The lead up to this fight, Franco, was actually probably more interesting than the fight itself. In the lead up, they were talking about the fact that Ama Ibera had been kidnapped at one point and they contacted his trainer to pay a ransom. Oh, the, wow. the trainer thought that it was uh, a prank. So he hung up and then blocked the number. Oh, no. And- <laughs> So uh, there's no spoiler alert. She made it to the fight. So she yeah. was eventually released from her kidnappers. But what the fuck, man? A kidnapping? <laughs> that, like, that's, and I you know what, though? It, I, get enough, I get enough weird telemarketing calls because none oh, of them are normal that I would think the same thing. I'd be like, get out of here. And then you block the number. That's what you do. Right. Absolutely. It's, you know, it's not a crazy to block the number. It's just crazy. The circumstances that led to it, you know? Yeah. You know, we had our girl, Jessica McCaskill. I didn't think I could like her anymore. Then we saw she had Stitch Duran in her corner Mm -hmm. and uh, it looked like it was an easy, easy paycheck for Stitch Duran because one, while this fight was happening, Amo was not having uh, much success. Jessica McCaskill did land some just power, power shots right square to the face. Mm-hmm. And I thought that she had Alma stunned a couple times and then Alma just quit on her stool, you know, like it was yeah. really a weird, like probably you could tell me the translation better than what I heard. Cause I just heard them saying that she was talking about her family and she wants to go home and Jessica's holding. So none of it was making any sense to me, Franco. I don't disagree with her for not wanting to go back out there, but it was not because Jessica was holding. It was because she might as well have said that girl's punched me in the face a lot. <laughs> Like, have you seen that? And then I try to grab her and then she punches me in the face again. This is bullshit. My kidnappers yeah. treated me better than this. <laughs> yeah. And the the weird thing was that Ibarra was the one that was doing all the holding the whole time. I was like, oh, man, she's getting really grabby. And Jessica would just kind of put her arms up and put her her face to the side, kind of like, I'm not holding her. Right. And Ibarra was like, that's how obvious she was making it, that she was not the one that was holding. So for them to say that Ibarra was saying that, oh, you know, she keeps holding me, blah, 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 blah. Not you're frustrated because you're getting your face dented in. Let me just say, Jessica McCaskill looked in like the best shape that I think we've seen her in when she flexed at the end and her like shoulders and biceps popped. It was like, holy crap. She is completely shredded right now. Yeah, she's a badass. There's a reason why she's the undisputed 147 pound champion. You know, after the fight, she posed with six or seven belts, whatever she's got. I think she has one more than my Oldsmobile. 
And uh, <laughs> it was incredible. It was just a dominant performance by her. I, I don't really blame Alma for not wanting to go back out there, but this is your sport. You have been offered the chance at Undisputed. Yeah. And you quit after three rounds. I don't want to, if she doesn't get another good fight after this, I don't want to hear her complain. You know, like that's the only thing. Like you can walk out of any any fight, any any sport. Once once you're done, you can be done with it. You have to love what you're doing in in order to do it. But I just I I'll have zero sympathy for her going forward if she says like, oh, everybody's ducking me. I can't get the big fights. You were offered, and you were in the the midst of yeah. an undisputed 147 pound that could have changed her life. And she was like, no, nah, I'm I'm being held. You were not. You were getting rocked. Yeah, it was a really weird quitting. Now, I could not even hear what she was saying in the corner. Like the mic wasn't very close to her. You could hear her mumbling something to her trainer. And then when the ref came over and was like, you know, come on, let's go. It's it's time to start the round. And the trainer shook him off and, and waved him off and said, no, we're done. It was super weird. Even Jessica looked like kind of shocked that it had happened. But we were happy because both of us threw money on a Jessica McCaskill TKO KO stoppage, and then we got it. So both of us got paid, which that just made it even better. I actually sent it out on the Instagram, and uh, Rick Ramos and Jessica both responded to us. So uh, we love both of them on this show. Uh, Clarissa Shields told me to go to hell a couple of weeks ago. So we don't like Clarissa Shields, but Jessica McCaskill quickly climbing up our list of favorites. I told them they're invited to the uh, to the Asada. Next time we have tacos over here, they can come over and use my pool because that's how big of fans of them we are. And that offer stands whenever Jessica wants to like take a break from training and uh, come get fat with me. Come on down. And if you had to dislike everybody that told you to go to hell, Franco, I could make a giant list longer than what <laughs> Santa <laughs> has to deal with. <laughs> so uh, maybe maybe she can come back. Speaking of people telling me to go to hell, I was at an event. <laughs> I was at an event yesterday at the United Center. There's like a small Goose Island bar kind of off to the side. Three guys ordering and asking for samples of all the different beers at a sporting event with like huge lines. And they're sitting there and they're hanging out like they're hanging out at an actual bar. And there's a, a fourth guy behind them. And I go up and I go the fuck is going on here like what are these guys doing a bunch of assholes and he's like oh you know they're tasting them and i was like no what the fuck is that like come on get out of my way and then the guy steps forward and they go which one do you want he was with the other three guys i'm like <laughs> we need to go order from another bar because all of these dudes are bigger than me so yeah a lot of people tell me to go to hell you're probably right Jesse Rodriguez, 22 years old, coming in at 15 and 0 versus Sisaket Sorungzavai, 35 years old, coming in at 55 and 1. Now, Franco, this was the main event. For anybody that didn't watch this, this was a card and a main event that had me at least looking around to see who would go with me to San Antonio. I wanted to see this one live. It didn't work out, but the temptation was there to fly from Chicago out to San Antonio. And as much fun as we had watching it on TV, I can only imagine how much fun those people that were live had watching this one. Uh, yeah. This was the main event and it filled the shoes of main event. This was wonderful. It was the young, you know, scrappy kid who just moved up to this weight class and took on the old lion. You know, they kept talking about it, like, oh, power is the last thing to go. Well, speed must be the first because Rungzavai was not in the same speed class as yeah. Bam Rodriguez. It was, you know, he would land a couple and then step to the side and land a couple more. It was just artful in how he was dismantling a great, great fighter. And you know what I mean? Like this was... Yeah. 
a legit dude that I will not be surprised if he ends up in the Hall of Fame. I'd be surprised if he didn't make it into the Hall of Fame. That's how good Sisaket Sora Rungsafai has been. Uh, I think another thing that was wonderful about this fight, neither one of these guys got introduced by their real names. You know, like Sisaket Sora Rungsafai. That's not his real name. It's his alias. I don't even know how to pronounce uh, his (laughs) real name. I was going to ask you what it was. uh, Oh, here. I got it Take a crack at it. Yeah, let me see. It was uh, Wayasiki Wengek. Mm, I, I don't know about that. Yeah, I, but it's not like he shortened it. Sisaket Sora Rungzavai is longer. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and then Jesse Rodriguez, he's listed as Jesse Rodriguez Franco. And oh. I think what we learned is nobody likes Franco. So Aww. you got to drop it. <laughs> ah, see what I did there? I, I That was a long road to just make an insult at you, Franco. But I feel satisfied. Uh, I'm so in sad. Doing so. Yeah, I feel good in doing it. But yeah, this was just such a great fight. This ended in the eighth with the TKO. You know, Jesse just was unloading. Yeah. And Rungsavai was not protecting himself. And it was the ref stepped in. Gave it, I thought, the proper time that a veteran of his uh, magnitude deserves. You know, like yeah. he fought his way out of bad situations in 50 wins he you know he, he has you know this dude beat chocolatito like this is a bad ass man and the ref gave him as much rope as he could and just knew at some point like all right it's not his night if he's ever going to have another night i need to stop this now to add to our brag of the the ko franco put uh separate money on jessica mccaskill ko and bam rodriguez ko yeah, I parlayed them together like a degenerate, and uh, I cashed a real nice ticket. You know, yeah, it was, way better uh, than mine. Yeah, it turned out to be just qu- just such a fun night of boxing. The action was great. We we're sitting in a hotel room, just drinking beers, telling stories. It was a boxing nerd's and uh, a fisherman's absolute fun weekend. Yeah, it really was a lot of fun, and. I'm actually surprised that we didn't get a call. Somebody yelling at us because when that parlay hit, both of us were like, oh, shit, it's actually going to happen. And started jumping around and, and yelling like idiots. You know, one of the things that I learned from this is with Bam Rodriguez, he's only 22. And a yeah. lot of times with young boxers, we chalk up some of their shortcomings with their age. You know, we'll be like, oh, well, of course he did this because he's only 22. He's only 24. Of course, Edgar Berlanga tried to bite him on the neck because, you know, he's still young and blah, blah, blah. No, like I, I almost feel like we need to make, not necessarily stop making that excuse, but there's guys that are out there that are proving that you can be young and, and be amazing and be great and bam rodriguez is one of those guys where he's only 22 but he fights like such a a more seasoned veteran like you know like he's uh, wise beyond his years as far as how he looks in the ring how he carries himself everything he was doing rung Visai has been around for forever and at one point they had to stop the fight because he was walking around like a 90s teenager with his boots unlaced and the referee had to tie it for him like oh come here little guy i'll tie your shoes for you and helped him tie his shoelaces and sent him back into the fight rung Visai looked good but he didn't look as great as he used to be bam rodriguez took advantage of that knocked him out and it was it was great well he knocked him down and then but he still got the tko he got the stoppage it was great you know it he's only 22 it's it's mind-blowing that he could 
be this good and be a champ, I'm I'm hoping that he's able to just keep being great for a long time to come. Yeah, absolutely. All three champs on this card that won, I'm already looking forward to when they announce their next fight. I, w- I definitely want to see Jessica McCaskill fight again. I will watch uh, Majadon Akhmedaliyev fight again. The dude just punches above his weight class. Not crazy like like the monster. I, oh, I like anyway, you know, yeah. like he's tiny and punches like like a light heavyweight. It seems like you know, like this guy looks like he's punching one or two weight classes above his. So it's not quite as drastic, but it's still noticeable that he's delivering some power, especially for the size that he's coming in at. He's one twenty one. He looks like he's punching like a one thirty guy. That's that's what I'll give him. And then Jesse Rodriguez has been nothing but a joy to watch fight. If you're into boxing at all, this kid has the complete package where he can be the fighter for all fans. He's got wonderful footwork, all right? He can teach a goddamn dance class with the way he can move his feet. He does do wonderful at defense by just playing different angles. That also plays into part of his footwork, but he is able to move around. The head movement is there. It's never just sitting there on the line for anybody to tee off on. And he's got punching power, like legit punching power, for a 115-pound dude. Like, it's it's incredible to watch this dude fight. This is the beginning of his career, and he's a champ, and we get to watch him for years to come. So thanks again, everybody, for joining us this week. I'll speak for myself. I certainly appreciate the people that tune in, people that reach out and, uh, you know, have had nice things to say about the podcast. We certainly appreciate it. Um, yeah. I don't know how better to put this, but we're two dudes that just love boxing and are happy to share that with the world, you know? So it's uh, it's definitely a cool thing. Did I already did I already mention that we're playing boxing? Yeah. Did I? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Did you do the tagline, though? Well, that's what I'm not sure because they tell you you can't play boxing, and we prove them wrong every week, Frank. Uh, there it is. Segment called "Playing Boxing." Uh, Playing boxing. <laughs> I mentioned at the outset that Franco had the patience of a saint, and uh, I'll explain that now because, like I was saying, we took this card in from our hotel room before we went fishing the next morning. Way too many beers and uh, stuffed myself with spicy food on Friday night, and then Saturday, (laughs) I thought there'd be no consequences. Well, that's not accurate. When we get out, we're out on the boat for about 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, dude. I'm going to shit my pants if we don't uh, get this back in. So Franco was the boat captain, took me right back in, didn't even bat an eye at me. He was just like, all right, well, you got to go in, got to go in. So I was back quick. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I I had to be back quick because I was pinching my cheeks running up the dock. <laughs> I get there, you know, I didn't, ha- there was no pushing involved, Franco. I know people don't <laughs> want to hear about me uh, taking a shit. So I'll just stop right there. And just thank you for your patience. Yeah, you uh, are. You. Uh, you were definitely sitting funny in the boat. Like I yeah. could see it in your posture. Uh, you were sitting. It was like a, a 17 foot rowboat with a trolling motor. So I didn't know that we were going to make it back for poor friends. <laughs> you might have had an accident right there in the boat. I was making plans where I was like, all right, well, I can throw out these underpants and, uh, <laughs> you know. But none of that happened. Yeah, your patience was appreciated. And uh, yeah, the, other than that, on this card, like we watched the the undercard. And the one thing I'll say about San Antonio, they showed up early. Like the, a lot of the undercard that was fine. People were there in the seats to watch it. So, yeah, you know, I would definitely if they do something at this location again, I would go see it. Like it, it looked like a cool crowd. Definitely a fun location. So Raymond Ford was somebody that I had put on my list. Of, oh, I want to watch that fight. It was a good fight by Ford, but if you're looking for any pushback, you, you didn't get any this night. You know, Ford was just dominant. Here's how dominant for the people that uh, didn't watch us. We didn't even stick around to listen to the scorecards because there's like 
there's no way, even in boxing, that this could not go for Ford. Like he shut him out. It was just one sided throughout. Even in, you know, Chevyville, this would have gone to Ford. Like yeah. this was. <laughs> An unbelievable one-sided fight. So I don't know that we learned a lot about Ford, but he stepped in against a guy who we were supposed to dominate, and he dominated him. So he took care of business. He looked yeah, better. I mean, he yeah. looked better than he did last time. He was a lot faster. He looked like he was trying to make a point, where last time he was kind of mailing it in. I thought he looked good. He was he looked, was fast. He had some wild-looking shorts. They were like pink fringe on sky blue and all satiny, and they were not the craziest we've seen, but uh, but they were up there, his his trunks. There was only one thing, and I if anybody knows anything about this, you know, hit me up on Instagram, punches and punchlines, and shoot me a message. The announcer said something about him having an OnlyFans page, but I'm also not going to search too hard for that one because I don't know that I want to actually have something pop up. Yeah. Let that be in your browser history. Yeah. I'm going uh, <laughs> to let that mystery go unsolved. I'm fine with that one. Uh, I was like, that doesn't even make any sense. And then I'm like, wait, what did they say? Ah, I don't I don't actually want to know. Like, we're good. We don't yeah. need to go any further. Than we'll just appreciate him as a boxer. I don't even want to know what else is going on. Now, the other thing that happened during that fight of uh, interest about halfway through the fight he did like a basketball crossover like that pretended pretended like he was bouncing the ball between his legs and sometimes guys will do that showboating and then they catch one on the chin and get knocked out he did the basketball move and then popped up and hit him with a little combo a little one two one two it was awesome it was like wow he just danced did the basketball crossover and then punched you in the face a bunch of times and poor medina just let it happen it made it a little bit more entertaining you know, showboating, I know you're not a big fan of it, but yeah. when a guy can pull it off, I'm always appreciative. I'm always the first one to shit on stuff like that, but he had it under control. The opponent wasn't wasn't engaging. Yeah. He, he needed to do something to entertain himself. <laughs> you know, I am always pissed at the guys that have the huge lead and then run around the ring waving their arm, but won't engage. You know, yeah, that yeah. wasn't the case for Ford. He was ready to engage, just waiting for, you know, Medina to come in and it just wasn't happening. So good job to uh, Ford. I'm sure that we'll be seeing him again and uh, certainly look forward to it. Now, next weekend, Franco, there's not yeah. a ton of boxing on. There's a card on July 2nd. It looks like on ESPN plus over in Australia. I'm going to check it out. If there's something worth uh, mentioning, you know, maybe we'll record. If there's only one or two things worth uh, watching, maybe we'll just throw it on mm -hmm. the following week. When uh, we'll come back July 9th, there's the Showtime card. Who's on that one? Mike Sayo and uh, Ray Vargas. Yeah, Mike Sayo, yeah. Ray Vargas. We'll be watching that one. We may we may even have a special guest for that one, Franco. So we'll have to uh, wait and see. There's also uh, uh, Chisora and Pulev. Yeah, I'm not interested in that one at all, but uh, I'll probably watch it for our, our our fans across the pond. They love themselves some Chisora, so <laughs> I, I can't say that I get it, but I will certainly tune in and let you know what I think. Sounds good. Yeah, let's uh, let's uh, wrap it up there, and then uh, you know if there's any other cards or anything that we might be missing, make sure that you guys hit us up, message. And uh, like Fritz said, if next week isn't worth it, we'll skip it uh, and then come back for the ninth. But if, you know, something ends up being cool on it, yeah, you know, we'll end up doing a show on, on that weird ESPN card with a whole lot of not a lot of information about it. So we'll we'll go from there and see. Yeah. If you don't got anything else, Franco, I'm throwing in the towel.
Thank you for listening to Punches and Punchlines. Make sure to like, subscribe, and follow. And we'll see you next week when we break down the best in boxing with a sense of humor.